Father, we ask that you would help us, your sons and daughters, to hear your voice and to become aware of your presence and your calling. That you would help us to arise and respond to your voice calling us quickly, Lord. So Holy Spirit, we need you to help us to arise quickly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, in we've been preaching through Book of Acts, right? So this is the 12th week, right, on Book of Acts. We're on Acts chapter 12. Here, you see Herod persecuting Christians. He accidentally, or, you know, without really planning, he ended up killing James, and he saw how much the Jews loved it. And it's like, oh, they like it. So just to please the people, he arrested Peter. You know, when you read the Bible, this is the fourth round of persecution of Christians. The first time was when Jesus was killed. Second time was when Peter and John were arrested, right? The third time was Stephen was killed, and this is the fourth time. So fourth round of persecution over Christians. And here, people are praying, right? People are, like, coming together, oh, God. Because they just saw their brother James get killed. And the next morning, right, Peter was going to get killed. So they're praying. And Peter is in jail, sleeping. You know, I really sense in this season that there's two realms over us calling your name. There's a divine realm. There's a spiritual realm where the voice of God is calling you. Isaiah, Emily, he's calling you. Come deeper. I know you know me, but there's so much more I want to show you. There's so much more I want to reveal to you in the word of God, in my presence. The voice of God is calling you to the deeper, deeper waters of his presence. But then, but then the physical realm, the, the flesh realm is also calling your name. You know, sometimes when sin calls your name, it's like you know it's wrong. And, and it's easier to say, oh, that's the devil. Oh, no, help me, Jesus. But when it's just flesh, and it's not like sin to be watching Netflix seven hours. You know, it's not like, is it really sin? Where does the Bible say it's sin to drink a little bit of alcohol, right? Oh, come on. We have freedom in Christ, right? And when it's not like clearly sin, it's so much harder to resist when there's two voices from the divine realm saying, there's so much more. Come, let me show you. And the physical realm calling, it's so hard. It's so hard. But, you know, God gave us a promise at the end of last year, that 2019, that we're going to be under open heaven. That God is going to strengthen sons and daughters of this house in the word of God, in the presence of God. That you're going to be able to be stronger and walk victoriously in Christ Jesus only if you are able to respond to the voice of of God. You know, we're going to share more. Jer Jeremy's going to share a little bit more. But one of the things that really spoke to me was the, when the angel said to Peter, arise quickly, 
quickly. Everybody say, arise quickly. Look to your other neighbor and say, quickly. You know, a few weeks ago or three weeks ago, I preached a sermon called Forgive Quickly and Bless Generously. Remember that? Who was here? Now, a week after that, in Emeryville campus, I preached another one called Forgive Quickly and Bless Generously. And that word God gave to me when people were accusing me falsely and like hurting me. And I was like, oh, why would? But then God says, Sonny, will you forgive quickly and bless them generously? I was like, yes, Lord, right? But you know what I realized, you guys? If you are able, please listen to that sermon I preached in Emeryville side. One of the things that I learned was this, that there's five-second rule. Tell your neighbor, five-second rule. You know, on a day-to-day basis, every day in our decision-making process, did you know all of us have five-second window? Oh, I should work out. Once you thought that, you have five seconds to get up, get changed, or go get your key to actually go. But if you hesitate more than five seconds, your brain automatically comes up with excuses. Oh, you're too tired. You could work out tomorrow. Oh, you know, you have long day tomorrow. And it stops you from actually moving forward. Oh, I should pray. You have five seconds to turn off. That computer, right, turn off that Netflix to actually pray. If you wait, hesitate more than five seconds, most likely you, your brain, will come up with excuses to take you out of actually praying. And so God was saying, Sonny, you got to move quickly. You cannot miss that window of opportunity to obey God. More than any other season than right now. Right now, God is saying, I want to take your church. I want to take your sons and daughters to higher place in the kingdom. But in order for us to experience that, you got to respond quickly to the call of God, to the voice of God. Amen? Yeah, and I remember last time I was with you guys, I talked about how the hope's not on the boat and that we compartmentalize Jesus into physical and spiritual areas. And I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> what I'm about to share with you, I want to preface because I want you to know where I'm coming from. And I also want you to know that it was not something I asked for. Um, I came from a very conservative Baptist upbringing. And I want you to know that, you know, Pastor Sonny shares about this. We're very similar in this way where I grew up where the Trinity was God, Jesus, and the Bible. Like, we never talked about Holy Spirit. And I remember the only sermon I ever remember hearing growing up about spiritual things was the pastor literally told me at the end of the sermon, the point of this basically is if you see something spiritual, just run away. (laughs) Because, like, we don't know if it's good or bad, just run. So literally as a kid, that's my context. I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, I just, I don't want anything to do with anything spiritual. Like, it's a problem. Like, I can't figure it out. So I want you to know this is where I'm coming from. And I also want to bring in one more thing. That before I tell you what the Lord did two weeks ago for me, I want you to to have eyes like Peter. And what I mean by that is when Pastor Sonny came here about a month ago and talked about the white sheet, I want you to know that what God gave me was a gift. And it's something that he wants to give to you too. And at the end of it, I said, who am I to say that this is not good, that this is not clean? Okay, and so that's why I feel like Peter, because I got both 
stories of Peter. And so I was sleeping on Friday night, going into Saturday morning. It was before daylight savings. And suddenly I had, I had a series of dreams, of visions. And the third one, I was in a church. And I was with PS and I was with PB. And we were walking from a bottom floor. And we were walking up these stairs. And as I walked up these stairs, I saw to my left a huge crowd of people. And I asked PB, I said, what are these people here for? And he said, they're here to hear the word of God. So I said, okay. So he told me, let's go down this hallway. So we walked to the left, and we walked down this hallway. And there was a door, and we entered into the door, and it was like a classroom. And so me and P.S., we sat down in these two chairs. It was facing a chalkboard. And so PB was standing up, and he was teaching on the chalkboard. And he wrote Spirit of Life on the chalkboard. And he turned to me, and he asked me, and he said, what does the Spirit of Life do? And I said, it brings restoration. And I told him, it, it restores it restores what was broken. It restores us better than what we were before. It helps us to overcome sin and sickness and, 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 any, and pain and hurt. And he nodded. And he asked me to come up to the chalkboard. And I went up to the chalkboard. And this is all still in my dream. And so then I suddenly felt him praying and prophesying over me. And then the man put his hand on my chest. And then I felt around me, there's just like a cloud of witnesses, like just people around me, and they're just praying over me. And he put his hand on my chest, then he put his hand on my throat, and then he put two fingers right on my chin. And I could feel the pressure pushing on my chin physically. And then I woke up. But everything that I was feeling was still happening. I was 100% awake. And I was laying in my bed, and the pressure would not stop. And I felt in my chest, it began to flutter like a bird. And, and then I felt my tongue begin to jump, and the pressure was still there. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord tell me, prophesy. And then I received the gift of tongues, and I prophesied. <laughs> and I prophesied. I don't know how long I prophesied. And I prophesied in tongues, and then he would give me something to pray over. So I prayed over, you know, my family. I prayed over our marriage. I prayed over, like, the, the church. I prayed over people who had hurt me in the past, people I couldn't forgive. And I just kept prophesying in tongues and tongues. And then when I finally realized what happened, I was like, oh, crap. I, like, grabbed my phone because I didn't want to forget anything. And I looked at my, at my phone, and it was 5.58 in the morning. And I wrote down everything that I could remember. And I want you to know that when I read the story, when P.S., I shared with P.S., and P.S. was like, oh, my gosh, you have to read Acts 12. So I literally turned to the story, and I could feel that I could understand what Peter was going through. I want you guys to know, like, I'm not trying to, like, this is not, like, like crazy, like, charismatic. Like, it's funny because P.S. says, like, to the charismatics, we're not charismatic enough. And then to the conservatives, we're too charismatic. So I don't know where we belong. But I, I, I want you to know, again, I want to emphasize that I didn't ask for this. The Lord gave it to me. And when I was sitting there, I was just like, God, how can I say that this gift is not good? Like, am I supposed to say, like, well, I don't want it. Like, give, like, give, give. like I, can't, it's, I can't do that. So just like how Peter felt, I looked at the gift of tongues. I never wanted it. Honestly, guys, like, every single time, Peter, I didn't tell you this. Like, the five, six times I've been here where P.S. is like, who wants to get the tongues? Come up to the front. I was like, mm, I'm good. <laughs> I was like, no, I literally had no desire to get up. I was like, oh, okay. You know, and, and I was happy for other people. Like, it's not like I had anything wrong with it. I just didn't want it. Like, I wanted other gifts. Like, I wanted, like, healing. I wanted gift of knowledge, gift of wisdom. Like, I wanted other stuff. I never wanted it. But you know what? I was praying for 
the last three months, I've just been praying, asking the Holy Spirit that I want to know him more. And if in response to that, he gave this to me as a gift, I had to receive that. Okay, and I want you guys to know, like, the part that stuck out to me in Peter's story was that the angel struck him on the side. Like, he's, he's, he's real. <laughs> I'm being so serious. God is real. This is not, I, 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 maybe, I'm, I'm sorry if you came to church and you were thinking, like, you were just going to come and hear some, like, motivational self-help thing. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to, like, throw the matrix at you and just completely destroy your paradigm. But I'm being serious. God is real. We're not up here singing songs of some spirit that's not physical, that's not real. Jesus came in bodily form. When he died and he rose, here's the craziest part. He was physical and walking through walls. People think he was a ghost and was walking through walls. No, he was physical and walked through walls and saw the disciples. And he told Thomas, put your hand here. Put your hand here. And he just walked through the wall. And he just probably walked right back out the same wall. That's who God is. This is not a separation of physical and spiritual. And I want you to know that it was crazy for me. But I realized that God had to wake me up because otherwise I would have been like what we normally do, right? We're like, oh, well, well, that was a cool, that was a crazy dream. I used to be like, whoo, okay, even as a Christian, right? Like, oh, that's a crazy dream. Well, that's cool, God. I'm just going to go about my day. But it wasn't. Like, he had to make me realize, hey, knock, knock, you're awake now. You're fully aware. But my hand is still on you. And I believe that's what God wants to do for you guys tonight. He wants you to stop separating the spiritual and the physical. Just like Peter, it's not a dream. When you guys get visions or hear the voice of God, don't doubt and say, oh, that's something crazy. Like, that's something blah, blah, blah. It's real. Just like Peter. Peter really felt the touch. Peter really got up. Peter really saw chains fall off. Peter really saw a gate swing open by itself. And by that time, he realized, like, oh, my gosh, I'm standing outside of, like, Alcatraz. He's like, oh my gosh, like he's awake. That's how I felt. I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, the hand of God is on me. The finger of God is on me. And I want you guys to know, I want you guys to experience that too because this church is not, it's not about just mental, emotional, spiritual. He's the God of the physical. And these things come together. I want you guys to really hold on to that. Amen. Wasn't that amazing? So when, when he and I met last Tuesday, I was like, what? Wait, wait, what? You had a dream and you woke up and you felt, what? I was like, that is crazy. And Jeremy, like, ever since that Tuesday, every day, whoever I met, I told your story. <laughs> I told that story because God is God. Yeah. And God is amazing. You know, if you look at verse 5 and 6, it says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. You know, the Earlier, it says four squads of soldiers were guarding him. And according to Benjamin, who did the research, who preached earlier today, for every squad, there's four soldiers. That means Herod has 16 soldiers watching him, right? 16 soldiers. And in the prison cell, he had chains over his hands. He had two soldiers next to him and soldiers in every stage. 
in the physical realm, it's impossible. It cannot be done. It is, I don't care how, it is impossible. However, however, when God calls us this, from the spiritual realm, all things are possible. You know, I was telling some of the girls that I met earlier today for lunch. You know, I was in Sudan, Africa back in 2005 and 2006 when they were actually killing Christians. Muslims were killing Christians. And one of our church members, it's like, Pastor Sonny, God's telling me I need to go to Sudan. And so I'm like, oh, okay. And I was like, I can't send a single girl to Sudan when they're killing Christians. So I'm like, okay, then I'm going to go with you. And so I told Benjamin, Benjamin, she, wants, she feels called to go to Sudan, so I'm going to go with her. And you know what? This man of God, your senior pastor said, your pastor said, you're not going. I said, what? Sonny, you're not going. I don't care. You are not going. And so this is what I said. I tricked him. I said, you know what? Why don't you pray? You're my husband. You're my head. You pray. If God tells you to do not let me go, I will submit, husband. But if God tells you to let me go, you better let me go. And then he's like, all right. And he said, like, when he started praying, he's like, what's wrong with my wife? Why does she have to always choose dangerous places to go? And she was like, God, like, get her mind right, right? <laughs> and he was praying for me. But then as we were praying, as like a couple of days later, God told me, Sonny, I already gave your husband an answer six months ago. And I was like, what? And so what had happened was six months ago, I had a similar prophetic dream where God took me. And I don't have time to tell you the whole story. Where he took me into the heavenlies and he carried me and he dropped me in the middle of nowhere, like in the desert. And people were killing each other. You know what I mean? They were killing each other. And, and I was like hiding behind a rock. I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit, why would you drop me off here? What? what? And I heard the voice of God. This is dream. I heard the voice of God saying, Sonny, why are you hiding? Rise. Arise. And be who I have called you to be. And then without thinking, I stood up. And I went in between those that are running away and those that are shooting at them. And I started to preach. Still dream. As I'm preaching, people gathered around me. Those that were running away, those that were coming after them, they surrounded me. And as I was preaching, a person from the, from the crowd arose and interpreted what English that I was speaking into another language. And then, and then when that person interpreted, translated, another person from the crowd arose and interpreted that Language into another dialect. And we were like one voice, like three of us here, like one voice preaching. And the Holy Spirit came on them, and I just stepped back, and they all lifted their hands, worshiping. And so I'm, I told Benjamin this six months ago when I had that dream. And so I went to Benjamin and said, Benjamin, God told me that he already gave you an answer. He's like, what? <laughs> six months ago. What do you mean? Remember the dream I told you? And then his face, like, turned white. Yes. <laughs> and he just knew it was God. So we went 
Okay, we, uh, Melissa and I went to Sudan and we stayed in the refugee camp. It was miles and miles of refugee camp. It was like one of the most hardest, spiritually dark place I've ever been at. I couldn't pray. Me, the prayer word, I couldn't pray. So the only way I knew how to spend time with God was just open the physical Bible and read the Bible out loud. Because I could not pray, but I could read. Right? That's how I spent time with the Lord. Well, one day we had this great idea. A white girl and an Asian girl borrowed a truck, put all the orphans in the back of the truck, went to the city. We bought them new clothes. We took them to the restaurant, right? And we were like, yay. On the way back, we got stuck in a traffic. But in Sudan, there's no light. And there were about like a couple of thousand cars, like in different angles. And somehow we ended up in the middle. There's car in front of me, beside of me, behind me, and many, and they were honking and they're screaming at us. Because at that time, okay, Sudanese did not like their children with a foreigner. And they were like yelling at us, right, threatening us. And we, but we were stuck. And, you know, our church member was freaking out. We're going to die. They're going to, they're about to get out and like beat us. We were like, oh, and we heard the missionary that we were working with got beat up often in the streets, got arrested, put into prison oftentimes. So we're like, oh, this is actually happening, right? Out of nowhere, we hear the knock. And we look to the left and this African man who spoke perfect English says, back up. And so our, Melissa's like, oh, there's no space to back up. He said, don't worry, just look at me, back up. And so she just looked at that man. We, I don't, there was no space, but she backed up. When she backed up in front of us, it was like Red Sea. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, there was small space cross, and we were able to drive out. And as soon as we drove out, I looked in the back, and all the cars were all stuck again, and there was no man. That was first and the last time I believe that was an angel. That was an angel that saved us, that God sent to save us, right? God had mercy on Benjamin, right? <laughs> even, though, even though when God said, send your wife, Benjamin's like, God, then you better promise that you're going to bring back my wife safe. And you know what God said? Our gangster God said, I will not give you any promise. If I choose to take her life, you must trust that I am good. So the whole time I was gone, Benjamin, you better be believing. He was fasting and praying and believing. I say this to say that God is calling each of your names. I know we all have different journey, different backgrounds. He didn't want it. That's why. But God wanted to give him more. So he had to do it in his dream. But you know what Jeremy told me that Tuesday? He said, Pastor Sonny, I realize when I pray in tongues, there's less striving. Actually, there's no striving. Because when I pray in English, I have to think about the words. But in tongues, I just trust the Holy Spirit. You know how I received it? I also went to well, not Baptist, but Presbyterian church. Grew up, woman cannot preach, right? If you see somebody speaking in tongues, run away. 
It's more, most likely demonic than God. So I also grew up learning that. But I remember when I was in junior high school, I used to, I was so hungry, you know. I went to church every day during my spring break and prayed and fasted for more of God. Just fasting, God, God, I want more. If you're real, I want to experience you more. And that's when I started to ask God, God, if you're real, can you give me that gift of tongue that our people are, like, scared about? If that's really you, give it to me. And the hunger grew and grew. Guess what? Guess when I received it? That week? A year later? You know when I received it? I didn't receive it till college. But those over 10 years, my desire, it's not the tongues I wanted. I wanted more of God. I wanted what I read in the Bible to be real. And whatever God has for his people, I said, God, I want it. So when we think about the spiritual, like in the spiritual, when a gift is given to you, like it's for you. I mean, not in the spiritual, in the physical. Like the gift that's given to you is for you. Like in the spiritual, like when the gift is given to you, it's also for other people too. And we think about breakthrough, right? Like, you know, we've been contending in prayer for things. And we've been praying for a really long time. And, you know, you think like God, like answer my prayer. And you think it's for you, right? But, you know, in the spiritual, like when God gives you a breakthrough, like that's for other people too, you know? And so, you know, it says in Acts 12, right, like, the church, like in verse 5, it says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And then you go all the way to verse 12 when he was freed. And as he was going to the house, like the people were still praying for him. And I think like what we see here is like this answered prayer to Peter, like was not only like, it, w- it wasn't, the answered prayer wasn't just for Peter, but it was for the people that were praying for him. Because when you think about it, like, you know, like when the angel saved Peter, like, it wasn't even when he was praying. Like, it was when he was asleep, right? And so, like, how many times, right, we think that we're praying, right? But, like, you know what? God is doing something in you, but he's also doing something for, like, other people, too. And it was very interesting. Last year, when I went to Indonesia, um, I remember, you know, when we go to Indonesia, like, we go to these revival services and we pray for people. And I remember just as, you know, like, we went up and we prayed for people, like, I think one thing that was, like, burning in my heart was, like, God, like, I wish I understand what, like, these people are saying. What are, like, what are your sons and daughters saying? Like, I don't understand, right? Because, like, I speak English. I don't speak Indonesian, right? And I just remember, like, just praying. And I remember one of the, the services. Um, I was sitting during the service. And I remember, like, just as I was worshiping, like, God gave me an image of a gift. And he told me to hold out my hand. And I was like, God. So I started praying. I was like, God, okay, I want a gift. But I want a gift for someone else. Like, give me a gift that can bless other people. And then honestly, like, I think, like, my whole life, like, I always valued understanding. You know, like, I feel like I will walk in faith only if I completely know where I'm going and I understand this. So, like, I'm, I'm like a T. You know, you're talking about your Myers-Briggs. Like, I'm a T. So I'll make decisions based on, like, what I understand. Like, even if I feel one way, I'll fight it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go this way because I understand that. And I think, like, as I was, like, praying, I was like, God, give me this gift where I could bless other people. Like, honestly, I don't know if you guys have done this before, but, like, 
when you like, I don't know, give someone or you're expecting a gift from someone, like you kind of think like, I really want this from this person, right? Or from my mom, dad, or, you know, from my husband, I want this, right? But then, you know, a gift is really not like for you to decide like what you receive, right? And like... And I think I remember as a kid, I wanted to go to Borders. And I remember I asked my dad, like, like, you know, can you buy me a book at Borders? Like, sure. You know, he took me to Borders. And he bought me, I wanted like an anime book, but he bought me a math book to study math. I was like, I mean, yeah, I never used it, honestly. But anyways, when we're thinking about gifts, right? Like, I was just praying and I was asking God, like, God, give me a gift that I can bless someone else. And in my head at first I thought, okay, God's going to give me a gift of understanding, a gift of interpretation. And just as I was praying, like this gift opened and he said to speak. And I was like, God, like to speak, right? Like shouldn't I just be listening and understanding? And he's like, to speak. And it was like as I prayed that, like God gave me the gift of tongues. And I remember, I remember after, like, you know, during that time when we start praying for other people, like, I remember people coming up and we were praying for them. And as, as I laid my hands on them, I started to pray in tongues. Like, I realized that even though, like, I don't understand, like, what they're saying, but I understood them through the Spirit. Like, we were praying in the Spirit, and I understood that. And it's so interesting. I think so many times, like, we separate, like, the spiritual and the physical. But, you know, like, you know, we see in Luke 12, and I want to share this story um, and it's about Jesus, and he wants to, and he's about to heal the paralyzed man, right? So, so he's, uh, you know, about to heal the paral- the paralytic, right? And um, it says, like, you know, Jesus said, like, uh, you know, he saw the people, right? Because the people, uh, like, his friends were raising this paralyzed man, like, down the rooftop, right? And then, you know, Jesus saw them, and he said, when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven. And then everyone's saying, who is this man speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone, right? But then Jesus said, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to say, rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, right? Sometimes, like, we separate it. Like, forgiveness of sins, that's spiritual, right? But, you know, for a man to get up and walk, that's physical. But no, who can do it? It is God alone that can do both. And we think about the spiritual and the physical, like, they're not that far apart, you know? We just have to take a step through. Shoot, we should have an altar call right now, <laughs> but have a little more to say. That's so good, right? It's not that far apart. I want you to remember that. Remember that. The voice of God that's calling you to this divine realm is not that far from where you are at right now. You know, the angel comes while Peter is sleeping, slaps him, and says, arise quickly. Right? And he, and, and you know what? Benjamin talked about it this morning. Not because Angel was like urgent. We only have five minutes to get up before the soldiers get up. Come on, come on, arise. No, God had plenty of time. The reason why the angel says arise quickly is because, you know, that five second rule I talked about? That before Peter could explain himself out of this miracle, out of this, he had to arise quickly and respond. 
to the voice of God. And so he arises, put your sandals on, put your cloak on. And he's like passing these squads of soldiers. And he's, he, and he, the Bible says he didn't know it was real. He still thought he was dreaming or watching, a, you know, seeing a vision. And he comes out of jail. And then the angel disappears without explaining anything. Understanding? The angel does not stop beginning, middle, or the end to explain. The angel does, does it and disappears. And when angel disappears, Peter says, oh, I am certain that God sent an angel to deliver me. And then he goes to the, the Mary's house, right, where people are praying. And he's knocking on the door. And the, the serpent girl, Rhoda, right, comes in. It's like, who is it? It's Peter. And Rhoda's like, what? We're just praying. We're just, it's like, I was like Rhoda when, when Jeremy told me. I was like, oh, my gosh. Benjamin and I have been praying for our people to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, my gosh. So Rhoda it's like, whoa, we were just praying for you. And instead of opening the door, she runs in. Peter's here. Peter's here. And people are like, what are you talking about? You're out of your mind. And often, I've been on the other side also as a Presbyterian. And I tell people I'm a charismatic Presbyterian because I love my past, my, where I'm from, right? So that's why I said I'm a charismatic Presbyterian. And I've been on the other side when I hear crazy things of like, really? Really? Right? And people are like, you're out of your mind. And the Bible says Rhoda insisted. Everybody say insisted. She insisted, it's real, it's real, he's really here. And Peter's like knocking. And so they run and they see Peter. And Peter's like, shh, <laughs> you're trying to send me back to jail? Shh, right? And he tells everybody how God sent an angel to deliver him. And then he left to another place. I want to end this word with this, that God is looking for Rhoda's in this house. That Rhoda, even when people said, you're crazy, Rhoda insisted on believing. That God is looking for Rhoda's of this house to say, God, I don't understand it, but I choose to believe it. God, I don't understand it, but if it's you, I want it. And what God is asking for you and I in the season is not to call what God calls good, bad. And not to call what God calls bad, good. Because the spirit of this age is telling you and I that what is bad is good. Oh, be free. Right? Sexually, right? In so many different ways, they call what is bad, good. And we are so influenced, even in the church and the, the spirit of this age is influencing the people of God to join in what they're saying. Calling what is bad, good. But at the same time, calling what is good, bad. And God is saying, in this season, will you allow not the culture, but God and his word to speak to you. And that you would test not through an experience, but test everything in the word of God. That if I or Benjamin or any of us insisting on something that is not in the Bible, 
shoot, get up and run away. Only what is in the Bible. And you got to test in the Bible. But how would you know if you don't open your Bible? Monday through Saturday. And you resist without searching in the Bible. I don't know if it's God. Oh, I don't know if I want that. If you're not sure, search the Bible. If you feel resistance, is it really resisting what is good or are you resisting what is bad? You would never know until you search the word of God. You know, last week at All Hands, Benjamin taught the leaders about how to experience the Holy Spirit in a greater way. And you know what he said? He said the way you're going to experience Holy Spirit is not trying so hard to experience him. But to go to the word of God, to meditate on the word of God, to to allow the word of God to come inside of you. Because the word and the spirit are one. You cannot say, I want the word of God and I don't want the spirit. It doesn't work that way. You can't say, I want the spirit, but I don't want the word. It's boring. It doesn't work that way. You can't come to Benjamin and say, Pastor, I like you, but I don't like your wife. We are one. You cannot come to me and say, P.S., I love you, but I hate Benjamin. I'm sorry, but we are one. Just like God the Father, Holy Spirit, and Jesus the Son are one. The words of God, the Scripture, and the Spirit are one. So, my encouragement, our encouragement to every one of you, is open your hearts to the spirit and the word and do not pursue one without the other and I want you to pray God help me to see through your eyes help me to say what is good good and say what is bad bad Holy Spirit empower us to respond quickly to your voice calling us and you know the pathway It's through the word of God. I want you to arise. And if I could have worship team to come. I want you to just close your eyes before God. And I want you to say, God, there are things that keeps me from responding to your voice from the divine realm. God, my past, my fears, There's so many things, God, that keeps me from responding, from saying yes to the Spirit and to the Word of God. So many of you, you have disqualified yourself by saying, I'm not spiritual enough. I don't like the Word of God. You you know, but those thoughts are not your own. It's the voice of the enemy that tries to keep you from responding to the voice of God. So will you pray with me right now? God, I pray for your sons and daughters tonight. That tonight, God, that they would lay before you their understanding. That they would lay before the throne room of God, God, the, the, their own perspective, the lenses of what they have judged, what is good, what is bad, what they have judged, what they want and do not want. But to lay that before your feet. And say, Holy Spirit, that you are God and you are good. And when we surrender our hearts and our lives to you, you do not lead us astray. So often, 
The lies of the enemy says, oh, be careful, be careful. But oftentimes, Lord, the truth is that when we surrender our lives to you, our good Father, our good God is so good, you will not lead us astray. So tonight, will you stir up faith? Will you stir up hunger for more of you, that we would experience more of you. I want you to imagine, just like Anna saw in Indonesia, a gift box right before you. Just imagine that. God the Father standing in front of you with a gift box just for you. And you know, you can't, just like Anna said, <laughs> you can't demand what's in that box. But the good Father knows how to bless you. And I want you to say, God, whatever you have for me, I want to receive it fully. So I want you to imagine receiving that gift from God. And as our worship team sings, I want you to just spend some time between you and God, opening that box and say, Holy Spirit, Whatever you want to give me, I say yes. And maybe some of you, it may be gift of tongues. But maybe to some of you, it may be understanding. Or maybe prophetic. Or maybe words of knowledge. Whatever it is. Maybe it's healing. Whatever it is, we just receive it. Amen? You know, like in this world, like... In the physical, it's bad to be hungry, right? If you're hungry, you eat, right? But in the spiritual, God says, blessed are those who hunger, for they will be filled, right? And it says, like, in the Bible, blessed are those who thirst, right, for they will be filled. And when you think about the things of this world, like, you know, if you have fame and money, right, that's good, right? But it says in the Bible, it says in Matthews, right? Blessed are those who are meek, for they will inherit the earth. And we think about even things like surrender, right? Like how many times do we think like surrender is weakness? If I get into a fight with my spouse and I'm the first one to lay down, that's weak. You lose, right? But no. But you know, spiritually, like if you surrender, that's victory. Your victory comes from surrender, you know? And even in our lives, like when we empty ourselves and we pour ourselves out, God fills us up, right? Like, how amazing is that? And I think about our lives, like I know there's so many of us, because I was going through this week, I keep struggling with the same thing over and over again, right? Like, I think like, you know, I'm facing this struggle, and I was like, you know, I thought I was over you. Like, I thought, like, I won this battle already, but it keeps coming up. And you start to question, you're like, you know, did I really have victory, right? And you even think about the promised land. Like, the Israelites entering into the promised land was not in one battle. Like, it was a battle that kept going. Like, there are different battles, right? But you know what? The war has already been won. And so many times we feel like we're struggling, but the war has already been won. And you know, like... You know, as we pray, right, like God wants to bring us to the spiritual, but all we can see are things of the physical, right? But, you know, like, I just want us to, like, look at our hearts, right? Can we surrender that to God? 
And then in return, he gives us victory. What are some things that you're like holding on to? Is it, I don't know, a struggle you're dealing with? Forgiveness, bitterness, resentment, these things that you think that you're over, but it just keeps coming back and back, right? But you know what? Our victory comes from our surrender to God. And when we surrender in obedience, that's our victory. So in the physical, even though it looks like we have lost, but our surrender in the spiritual is our victory.